Hey friends, and in this episode you're going to be joining myself, Phil and Rich Keegan as we are on the road in this cleverly titled episode, Travelling Stories with Trainers Travelling. Alright, thanks for being here and let's start the episode. With Rich Keegan. Car noises, because we're in a car and we're driving by other cars. Hi, Rich. So I'm here in, I'm being uh, chauffeured by Rich Keegan. Uh, We are on the road to do a program at a camp in Maine. And so we're sitting in the car. So we're going to do some talkie talks. What's the first subject, Rich Keegan? The first subject will be best road story. Or it could be scariest, most adventurous. Okay. So best road story um, or most adventurous. Do you have one off the top of your head as you were bringing up that topic? Um... The most adventurous one was uh, many years ago. I'm driving by myself, driving up uh, from Phoenix to Flagstaff and uh, Arizona, that is, and uh, was fortunate to survive hitting an elk in a uh, big old rented car and actually walked away from it. And I didn't get nervous about it until the state trooper showed up and said, oh, this, it's good to see you. I was like, what, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, you're the first person I've uh, met that when I got that call was alive. I was like, oh, well, thank you very much. So then I got nervous. Yeah, that sounds like a, a rational reason to get nervous. Um, I don't know why this, this particular story popped up in my head, but it, I guess it does involve being on the road, but I was traveling... Uh, with my then girlfriend, now wife, um, and I was going up to Canada, and we were doing um, a tour of the waterfalls in New York State. So Watkins Glen, I think, is up there, and um, the Finger Lakes, and then we were going to end in Niagara, and we were going to go across to the Canadian side because everyone says that the Canadian side of the falls is the best side to stay in because you're actually looking at the falls rather than being on the full side in the town of Niagara. So we'd booked all of these hotels and we'd booked a hotel in Canada and I at the time was on uh, a work visa and what I didn't realize is that being in a work visa I had, and I knew I had these things but I didn't know I had to need both of them to travel. I had the passport um, visa part stamped into my passport but then I had a paper copy like an 8 by 11 size sheet of paper that had all the visa information on it and I didn't realise in order to leave the country or come back into the country I needed to have like both of those things on me so we're travelling we do all the stuff it's like a 10, 10 day trip and this is the last section of that trip we get to the Canadian border and I we drive through and then when we get to the other side, like I, 
show the Canadian customs or whatever, and they they say, hey, do you have your passport? And show them a passport, and they said, oh, you you got a work visa, and they see that, and they said, oh, can we see the paper copy as well? But I had not brought it because I was like, I don't want to lose that. I want to. I only need my passport. And so then I. They were like, well, we can accept you in because. England's a part of the Commonwealth as the Canada is and they saw like same Queen and stuff so it was like oh yeah happily accept you same in yep. you know but um, the, those Americans don't like it if you don't have both of those so they're probably not going to let you back in and I was like what? I'm working and I'm on a work visa and uh, I drove here and like how do, I, how do we go back? If I can't go back how does my wife go back? We have a job and and they were like, yeah, we don't know, it could be tricky, you know, you can enjoy your time over here and then go back and then it's a bit of a risk trying to get back. And I was like, yeah, we're not, we're not playing that game. So turn around and, and as we're turning around, I'm saying to my wife, oh, can I have to cancel that hotel? We have to figure out another hotel. Thankfully, we could stay in like a holiday inn or something in Niagara and in the town of Niagara. So we commit to like, all right, we'll make the best of this trip. But then we turn around and we go back to the American side and they were like, um, excuse me, sir, we saw that you got denied entry into Canada. And I was like, no, I didn't get denied. I just didn't have paper copy part of my visa. So they, it was going to be an issue. And they're like, well, yeah, if you don't have that paper copy, we can't let you back in. Uh, so they then said, OK, you're going to have to follow me. They follow, I followed a car, drove it to a parking lot with this one building and then armed security come up to the doors, open up the doors of the car, relinquish me and my wife with my passport, our passports, our driver's licenses, car keys. They don't want me doing a runner. And then they escort us to a holding area where we then sat in this holding area for, I don't know, four or five hours. That long? Yeah, waiting to be processed with all of these other people who are in this holding area who I don't know if they they I don't think they're in the same situation I think maybe they got pulled over maybe legitimate reasons I'm unsure but eventually we get I go up to the desk and they were like yeah you're all good we found your we found the online your paper copy or whatever there in the database so yeah you're all good you can go back and then like showing me the paper copy on the screen and I said well can you not can you print that off and then I can go back right like they were like, no, 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 sir, we can't give you that. You've already got one. We can't give you the second one. And I was like, yeah, but you've got that. That's me. And they were like, yeah, we're really sorry. And so, like, you hold us for this long. And they were like, yeah, we apologize for the time. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And then, like, <laughs> we then had to drive miserably to the uh, opposite side where absolutely Niagara Falls is not the same, <laughs> I'd assume. I'd assume. I've never, still to this day, never been on the Canadian side. But just seeing all of the spray of the waterfall and not really seeing the waterfall can't really see it we did go down to the maid in the mist mm -hmm. we did that Big which i will ad yeah which i will ad they obviously like have it they pick up from both sides and uh i don't know that was an interesting like not that great experience made in the mist you just get given a rent like a blue poncho and you're stuffed into a boat that like has way too many people in it. Like if anything sack, yeah, sunk, good luck trying it. Like literally wedged in on every single side with hundreds of people is squeezed into this boat just to get wet. And I and I like well you you just get driven into the spray. 
Like, here we go, we're going to drive you into the spray. You just got Niagara Falls. I don't know if that's what it is, but some some certain things. There's some certain touristy things that I'm like, they really like nickel and dime you there. Figured out how to squeeze every drop of tourism money. Well, you have a you have a habit of getting pulled through customs. I happened to be with you that one time when we were going into Calgary, and then uh, we were, both of us, yeah, right, randomly got pulled. You can continue the story on from there. Well, I think for the both of us, and for those who maybe have seen photos of the two of us, <laughs> we're extremely physically intimidating. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And I think that that plays into it. You know, we could be seen as a threat because of our physicality. Yeah, we were in Canada, and I'll go into Canada uh, to work with the Calgary Flames, and we get to the section where it's like you go through customs and things like that, and it was there was a person checking passports and then either saying like yeah keep going or like you go down that hallway and I was like the first of our group that like you can down down the hallway and I'm like oh no and I like turn around and wave goodbye to everyone and I'm sitting there on my own for a while and really hoping that someone else got pulled too because otherwise I'd be all on my lonesome and uh, Rich Keegan joined me I think to be I don't know, I think that some of it, like, is the fact that, like, some of the luggage that we had had some stuff in it that was a little suspicious. Yeah. We carry, we were carrying to Canada cable and SRDs and staples. Copters and Ubuntu and Yeah, and Ubuntu cards and, and twirlies and fleece balls and, I don't know, it was a, definitely some odd stuff. But what is interesting about this one is, like, we had been, we had been uh, given instructions ahead of traveling that we had to keep the the job a secret because we couldn't we were like under orders from calgary flames pr team that we could not disclose the reason we were coming to canada because they didn't want to getting out because we were staying at a resort that the calgary flames were going to be staying at the resort because they didn't want like crowds of people fans to track them down they wanted to stay isolated for this team trip and stuff like that so we were told, like, don't tell anyone where you're going. But what we hadn't considered is what happens when we get asked where we're going, when we're speaking to legal customs folks, because we don't want to get arrested. So we had a form, a sheet of paper. I don't know if you remember this, like yeah, the sheet of paper, letterheaded from the flames, just saying, like, we were coming to do a job. But it was very, like, it wasn't very clear. It was a little bit gray because they didn't want to reveal all the components of it. And then the guy was like, okay, I need you to tell me more about this. So I ended up having to indulge all this information and feeling like, oh, no, I've let everyone down by having Squealed to like squeeze. Yeah, yeah I, held, I did not hold on to the information. They didn't have to do much to have me speak. It was, it was like, here's this form. This isn't everything. Tell me. Okay, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> I, I relent. Another and I'm not, I'm, I'm not alone. And his star sign is Sagittarius. <laughs> no, no, no. Just revealing everything about everyone. Um, and then the guy, he was like a big Calgary Flames fan. And, I, and he was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And all in my head, I'm like, oh dear, what have I done? So then I come out eventually after like a couple of hours, we were in there for or something. Yeah. Hang around oh God, I, I, I think they, I was saying to Rich, I think they have you stew in there. There were people who weren't actually dealing with any people, and I'm like, they're never calling us, like, no. sitting and holding us. There was probably, like, six people in this giant waiting area. So many chairs in that place. 
And we're like, what the hell is happening? Uh, and then we went out and I had to explain to um, like Jim and uh, Chris and yeah, Jen, I had to explain that Rich had squealed like a pig and that I had held on to, I had stayed yeah. tight-lipped. Yeah. And, uh, and he had like thrown us under the bus by telling them all everything about every intimate detail of our lives. Only to then go to the hotel after all this, like, great job, team. Well done for keeping that a secret. You guys sit over. Yeah. All the way getting to the hotel, this big, fancy, like, five-star hotel resort that we stay at. And when we get in there, on the big screen, it says, Welcome to, welcome, Flames. Welcome, you know, Calgary Flames. We're so glad you're here. <laughs> and we're oh, like, man. why did they tell us to keep it a secret? When we get to the hotel, it's, like, plastered everywhere. No secrets. Tell everyone, tell your friends. And they were like, even the players were like, no, we, there was no secret. We, I don't know. And I think the uh, head of security when we were at dinner that night, one of the nights, talking about how, why we got pulled. And he had also mentioned uh, it could have been computer generated, completely random. So they keep the uh, customs officers on their toes, so to speak. So, yep, they had us on our toes. I got, a, I got the nicest travel story okay. for me. All right. Um, I'm coming back from Hawaii, and I was on a red eye and had been up for like 36 hours. And I get off the red eye. I get a couple of miles from my house, and now it's probably 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I stop at a red light at a four-way intersection and go left on red. I signaled, drove through the, light, the red light, and turned left. I was so aware of what I was doing, there was a police car right behind me. Sure enough, lights going off, police officer pulls me over. He says, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, license registration, and do you know what you just did? And I went, officer, I haven't got the slightest clue of what I did and why you pulled me over. And I explained to him, because I'd been on a red, I hadn't slept in... 36 hours and I think I'm I'm a dead man they're calling my wife towing the car he did the nicest thing he saw my address and he said well you're really close to home here's what I want you to do stay on my bumper I'll drive you home and I just followed him all the way home and listen it wasn't that far but that is by far the nicest travel story I had I have a similar one where it was uh, I was I was um, in an airport and I ordered myself uh, a coffee and it had one of those, like, you know, how those travel coffee things. It has, like, the plastic, yeah. the cap on top. And uh, I'm standing there, and I'm trying to squeeze it on. And sometimes those can be very tricky to squeeze on. And so I'm pushing, I'm pushing a lot of force. And then I completely flipped the coffee into my, into my groin. And uh, hot coffee all over my chest, all over my legs. And uh, then I sat in a seven-hour flight for covered in coffee. So I think it's sim very similar to your story, I think, in terms of just uh, incredible luxury um, and those kind of things. But I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of another, like a, like a positive, a real positive story. The only thing I would say is, like, this is a small world story. This is, this is the yeah. crazy small world stuff. So I was one time, I was driving to a site, uh, to do a training and I was somewhere in New Hampshire and I stopped at a random service station. Now I'm in a random place, I'm in, I'm in a state, I'm in, I, I think it was Ma Massachusetts and 
I hadn't seen these. So I, I opened the door. So I'm leaving. I just eaten. I'd been there probably 20 minutes or whatever, and I open the door and I see two elderly people coming towards me, and I decide to open the door for them. They're like coming and I'm like I keep the door open for them, and uh, I'm not really giving them eye contact. I was like just cautiously saw them peripherally open the door for them, and they say, "Oh, thank you so much, Phil," and I look up, and it was it was um, a two two people, a guy called Phil and a woman called Janice. And I hadn't seen them in probably seven years. And the last time wow. I saw them, they were witnesses to mine and my wife's wedding. Holy cow. Uh, and I, I, they had moved after that. And yeah. uh, I hadn't seen them in, you know, in probably yeah, six, seven years. And they didn't live in Massachusetts. They'd moved, down, moved to Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah. Holy just cow. randomly. The likelihood, the possibility of being able to not just see two people that I recognized but I haven't seen it so long to be the witnesses of my wedding and I opened the door for them <laughs> just I think like the we'll time again, the oh. timeline of that I just I, I'm always fascinated by these short uh, these um, small world small world stories any other travel based stories yeah, Rich? Yeah, I got another one for you and it's the first time I got a chance to go to England um, more than a few years ago I was on a ski trip I was a group group ski trip many years ago uh, in Sw- Switzerland and we're get on the plane get on the way home it's like half hour out it's on a big old four, 747 I think there's I don't know if they're still in service but really big airplane and I'm in the back row and again maybe 30 minutes into the flight all of a sudden you feel a little shake of the plane could have been a little turbulence and the woman sitting next to me grabs me by the arm and she goes, I just saw smoke, I just saw smoke. And I'm like, yeah, right, it was just a little bit of turbulence. Well, in fact, one of the engines went out and we had to turn around and go, I think we'd left from Munich and had to, couldn't go continue on because of the regulations at that point about if you have one engine out, you gotta turn and go back and wound up having to go to, oh, London for the night. Oh my gosh, what a great time we had. My first time there, holy smokes. Fabulous time, got to see and travel London the next day to get on a plane the next night. Get on a plane the next night, and there's only 60 of us on that whole plane uh, because of the engine problem from the day before we get on the same plane. They roll back the drink cart and say, we'll see you in New York, have a good night. It was crazy tons of fun wasn't feeling too well when i got off the plane in new york and had to explain it to my brother but that was the first time i got a chance to go to london that's a really great airplane story how old were you at the time Uh, i was probably uh 31 wow so 100 years ago well that's (laughs) no that's incredible i can't imagine that happening today that's why i'm always thinking like yeah. You can tell it was 30, 30 years ago because it's like, I can't even imagine sitting on a plane with only 60 people and having the luxuries yeah, of that. Yeah. Like, And, you know, looking back, when you, you think about an engine going out, the plane shakes and someone saw smoke. I mean, the pilot got on and told us, you know, what had happened, and we were either going to Paris or London. And, of course, I guess this was a good-natured flight because half the, it seemed like half the flight was before we were headed there was like London, London, the other half is Paris, Paris. I think I was cheering Paris, Phil, actually, but 
was all turned out well. Well, I think you made the right cho choice because I, I do not like Paris. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if there's any Parisians who listen to this podcast, but yeah, I'm sorry. Unless you want to invite me out and have me change my mind, I'm going to stick with the fact that I don't like Paris. Awesome. Okay, well, that was, uh, that was great. So we just, uh, those are some of our travel stories as we traveled. Traveling stories while traveling. That's a, a fun title to this episode. Or traveling stories with trainers traveling. There you go. <laughs> Thank you to all three of you who listened to this. Yeah, exactly. To the to the one person who stuck it out and thought this is not educational and it's not going to give me anything. What a waste of time. Thank you for sticking it out. All right, bye, friends. Bye. Bye, bye. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playcast. And then what about thanks for listening to High Fives podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving Article Pass a guy. <laughs>